This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hey guys, welcome to The Collective. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode, besties. I am so excited for today's episode because we are talking about something that I have a lot of knowledge and info on. We know this, but if you're new here, I would love it if you came and joined the podcast group chat. It is literally a group chat for the girlies. It's just a group chat where all the girlies can feel good. You can ask advice. You can share your outfit inspo. You can share good things that happen to you, all your successes, and it's just a really supportive, loving, encouraging, and like fucking badass group of girls, and I just love being a part of it. So if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, the link is down in the description. Come join us. Before we get right into today's episode, We had our first book club meeting a few weeks ago, and let me just tell you that it was so amazing. It was so amazing, and I even said to the girlies in the meeting, I said, this is the thing that held me accountable. I literally knew the day before I needed to get my ass in a gear and I needed to read that book. And I feel so much more productive having just read one book so far this year, but I just feel so on my shit and I absolutely love it. So if you want to join the book club, by all means, please come join. Our book for next month is Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. We had a poll of a whole bunch of different books and literally two of them tied. So we decided to do this this one this month and the other one next month. So we get the best of both worlds. But our next meeting is on March 17th. So if that sounds like something you want to be a part of, we would love to have you book it off. It's from 11 a.m. till noon EST, March 17th. So keep that in your head. Go buy the book, read the book, come with all your questions, come with all your comments, come with all your concerns, and let's chat. Okay, getting into this week's episode, we are going to talk about all things grad school because grad school can be super scary and daunting and just the idea of it is very overwhelming and I've gotten a lot of DMs lately and a lot of you have sent me in questions asking kind of what is required to get into grad school, what you need and what different programs there are and kind of how to navigate it and so that's what I'm here to tell. For anyone just listening, if you are new, I am currently a bioethics PhD student. I just finished my comprehensive exams last week, and so now I'm moving on to the proposal, and then post-proposal, I will be actually defending my dissertation. So hopefully by December, I become a full doctor and I get my PhD, but that has kind of been my life for the past three years, and so I'm super excited to talk about this. So I asked on the Insta for you guys to send me in questions that you have, and so we're just going to go through them and kind of talk about different aspects of grad school and seeing if grad school is actually something that might be a good fit for you. But one of the first questions I got was, what made you decide to get a PhD versus a master's? So this is a great question because I actually went into my program getting a master's. So I technically do have a master's. I graduated a year and a half ago, maybe with my master's, but I 
started off with a master's because I still had the idea that I was going to go to med school. And so I basically just needed something to kind of fill that gap between finishing undergrad and applying and getting into med school. So I decided a master's was what I was going to do. And once I was in my master's program, I realized how much I really, really loved bioethics. And so I decided to keep going and decided to get a PhD because I ended up deciding I wasn't going to go to med school anymore. So, of course, I could have ended my schooling at the master's level and I could have had a master's of bioethics and I could have won and applied for jobs and all of that. But because bioethics is such an interesting field and it's kind of starting to grow a little bit more and there's just kind of different standards of it, having a PhD would help me so much in getting a job. It would make me a way better candidate versus anyone who just has a certification or a master's. It just puts me at a little bit of an advantage. So I decided that continuing on was actually going to be more beneficial for me in the long run. Now, it kind of depends on what program you want to go into. Some programs If you want a PhD, they require you to have a master's before. So my program is one of those programs. My best friend Scott and a lot of other people in my PhD program came into the program with a master's already, whereas I came in straight from undergrad. And so I had to get my master's first and then I had to continue on in the PhD program. If you're deciding between doing a master's and doing a PhD, depending what the program is, you might have the opportunity like I did to start off with the master's, see if you actually like it, and then decide from there if you want to go into a PhD. Because doing a PhD is not something that I feel like you can kind of just decide that you're just going to do. It's a very tough and intense sort of program. And if you're someone who doesn't really even like school or you're someone who doesn't really want to sit and write all these papers and do research and all of that, then a PhD probably isn't the best for you. But doing a master's first can help you to decide that. It can help you to realize what aspects you like, what aspects you don't, and then from there decipher if a PhD is actually going going to be beneficial for you and if it's actually going to be something that you're going to want to be able to do. One of the questions I got asked the absolute most was how hard was it to get admitted to my PhD program and what is required to get into a PhD program or just a grad program, a master's, anything of the sort just in general. And I literally looked it up right now and it says that the typical admission rate for a PhD program is 10%. And of course, that will depend on the school, the program, the size of the class, all of that. But generally, it's 10%. So the things that are needed are a good GPA. And again, it depends on the program and the school that you go to. So different schools have different requirements, especially if they are a smaller school or a school that might be quote-unquote more prestigious, their GPA requirement might be a lot higher. So make sure you look at that before applying because you don't want to spend the money to apply to a program to not even be competitive in it because you don't meet their minimum requirements. 
So good GPA is number one. And then number two is you have to take a GRE or some sort of standardized exam equivalent. So I actually never took the GRE. If you don't know what that is, that's kind of the standardized grad school admissions exam. But because I was hoping to apply to med school and I was hoping to go to med school, I actually took the MCAT instead and I was able to use that test score for my application into my program. So if you are thinking about going to law school and that doesn't actually end up panning out, you probably will be able to use the LSAT exam score for a grad program, a master's, a PhD. But if you're an undergrad or you are taking time off and you decided that a grad program is what you want to do, then I would highly recommend just taking the GRE. The GRE would be your best bet. I don't know necessarily the ins and outs of it. I don't necessarily know how long it is. I don't really know what they test for, but something I would recommend if you are taking a standardized test is do the prep courses. And the reason I say this is because I am a very anxious test taker and part of my anxiety is I feel like I'm never prepared enough. So taking some sort of test prep and taking a whole bunch of exams and taking a whole bunch of preparatory type of material before is super helpful, especially when you don't really know what the fuck you're doing and having someone being able to guide you and help you through it is super, super helpful because you want to get a good score on these exams because again, when you're applying to these grad programs, they take your scores as the minimum. So if you don't meet the minimum requirements, a lot of the time they don't even look at anything else in your application, which is so shitty, but that's just the reality of it. So if you're planning on taking the GRE, the MCAT, the LSAT, whatever it is, make sure that you take the time to really prep because your score on that exam is going to play a big part in your application. Now, we all know that I did not do the best on both times that I took the MCAT, and I always say that a test does not define who I am. It does not define if I'm going to be a good doctor. It does not define if I'm going to be a good person, and that's partly the reason why I went into bioethics was because I realized that there was so much more to healthcare than just how smart you are, but I will say that because I didn't do the best on these exams comparatively to other people applying, it really put me at a disadvantage. And a lot of the time they didn't even read my personal statement. They didn't even read why I wanted to be a doctor because I just didn't even meet that threshold that they were looking for. And so even though I have test anxiety and it was in the pandemic and there were so many other factors happening, I wasn't even viewed as competitive because of this score. So make sure that this exam, and you know it, this exam does not define who you are. It does not make you a good or bad person. It really does not mean anything about who you are as a person, but make sure that you do take it seriously and make sure that you do put in the work so that it can still help you in your application. Girlies, when you're first starting a business, you have enough to worry about. The stress is overwhelming and there's absolutely no reason you should be adding any more. Luckily for us, Shopify is here to help. 
Shopify has all the tools to power and build your business to the next level. It grows with your business, no matter how far or big you grow. Thanks to an endless list of integration and third-party apps, Anything you can think of from on-demand printing to accounting to chatbots, everything you need to revolutionize your business, they have. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and they are the global force behind Allbirds, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. As a WTTC listener, you can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash WTTC, all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash WTTC now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Again, shopify.com slash WTTC. Okay, girlies, we are talking about our favorites once again. If you've ever had an embarrassing BO moment, Lumi is here to help. Lumi is powered by mandelic acid to control odor in a new way. Lumi delivers outrageous 72-hour odor control from everywhere, including your pits, your feet, and yes, even your privates. And fun fact, but it was actually a patient's concern about their private odor that originally inspired the OBGYN who invented Lumi. I currently have the toasted coconut deodorant and let me tell you, it is my absolute favorite and it smells so good. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers and it comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get 15% off all Lumi products with our exclusive code. And if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that equals over 40% off their starter pack. Use code WTTC for 15% off your first purchase at lumideodorant.com. That's WTTC at L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com. Okay, another component of the application process is you have to submit a writing sample, at least for my program I did. Different programs might have different requirements just a little bit, but for mine, because it is such a heavy research and writing type of program, a writing sample had to be sent. And so I used a writing sample from one of my English courses in undergrad because I knew I did well on it. I got a good grade. I knew that it showed kind of what I could do. And that was what I submitted. So if you're planning on submitting an application to a program that does require a writing sample, make sure that it's a writing sample that's very indicative of what you're able to produce. And if it's something that you wrote in undergrad, make sure it's something that you got a good grade on. Don't be submitting something that you might not have done as well on. Also, make sure that it's not something you wrote seven years ago in high school. I would really try and make it super relevant and make it super reflective of your current abilities. 
Okay, what I'm about to say is probably the most important part of your application. Ignore the test scores, ignore the writing sample, ignore your GPA. This is the part that is going to make or break your application. And a lot of programs require you to submit a statement of interest. Now, what a statement of interest is, it's basically you explaining to the school, to the program, why you want to go there, why that specific program aligns with what you want to study, who you are, what you have to offer. And it's really specific to each individual school that you apply to. So with your statement of interest, it's really important to not copy and paste the same thing for every single school. You want to show the school that you are going to be an amazing student there and that what they have to offer really aligns with everything that you want in a grad school. My program that I'm in is literally one of the top bioethic programs in all of North America. And so in my statement of interest, I explained to them how I really love medicine. I really want to become a future physician, but I feel like it's really important for me to get to know the other aspects of medicine. It'll help me become a better doctor by knowing patient care, knowing conflict of interest, knowing consent, knowing the ethical boundaries and ethical standards within healthcare. And so I wrote all of that in my statement of interest. And when I had an interview with them, they told me that they really liked that aspect. They really liked the aspect that I said, I want to learn more so that I'm better in the future for my patients, for my colleagues, for people in healthcare in general, by knowing all these ethical considerations that a lot of medical schools don't actually teach. And so that was one of the things that I really made prominent in my statement of interest. When you're writing your statement of interest, I would recommend going to the school's website and looking at the mission statement for either the school in general or that specific program and seeing what parts of it you can use to kind of reflect on and write about that in your statement. Because this is something that I've been told is one of the deciding factors in being accepted and being rejected from the school. They want to know that you actually want to go to their school. They want to know that you're not just going to take a place from someone else and that you are going to contribute and you're going to put the hard work in to get your degree, to get your PhD, to get your master's, whatever it is, and make a difference in their grad school. Okay, also within your application, a lot of the time they ask for a CV or a resume, and this is your time to shine. This is your time to share all the extracurriculars you did. If you were in a sorority in your undergrad, you can list that there. If you had some sort of position in a club in undergrad, you can list that. You can share any certifications that you may have gotten, and it's just a really good place to kind of just share everything that you've done in your life in a concise and organized way so that they kind of get to see a little bit more about you and a little bit more about what you've done prior to coming into this potential program. And then the last thing I had to submit in my application was references. Now, for these references, don't use your family, don't use your friends, don't use some random person. 
try to make them someone academic if possible because going into a grad program, they want to know that you're a good student. They want to hear from people who have directly taught you and people who know your abilities academically. So I used two of my professors from undergrad who were my physiology professors who I had a great relationship with and I preceptored for them and I really got to know them well. And so they were my references into the program. And honestly, the words that they probably had to say about me probably helped more than I could even imagine into actually getting into the program because having someone of that caliber vouch for you is going to help grad schools to take you more seriously and to really consider you for their program. So if you're an undergrad right now and you're thinking of grad school, let's say you're in your sophomore year, your junior year, and you're thinking that post-grad you want to go to a graduate school, I would start to build those relationships with your professors right now. And I know depending on your program, it can be really tough. I mean, my physiology program at University of Arizona was massive. We had so many fucking people in that program. It was insane. And we didn't really have one-on-one moments with our professors. Our lectures were 500 kids and it was a very unpersonal type of experience. But I ended up getting really close to my cardiology professor because I decided to preceptor for her. And so there was 10 of us who got to spend time with her every week. We got to really know her. We got to message her. I still email her to this day. She sends me Snapchats all the time. But finding those little ways to build relationships with your professors is super helpful and super important, especially in the application process for grad school. So if you're one of the people who was in a really big program and it's tough for you to get to know your professors, go to their office hours. That is my number one tip. Going to their office hours all the time, they start to get to know you. They start to see how much you want to do well in their course and the effort that you're going to put in. And that's going to make them be a really great reference for you when you need it. Okay, one of the other questions that I got was how to tell if grad school is right for you. And that is a very good question because I feel like a lot of the time whenever we're in academia, we always question if we're doing the right thing, if we're studying the right subject, if we're on the right path, and it's really overwhelming and it can really have a start to spiral. But what I would say is you have to get to know yourself and you have to get to know what it is that you want in life. When I finished undergrad, I knew I wasn't done school. I wanted to go to med school. I wanted to continue on. I wanted to do other things. And when med school didn't pan out, I basically just pivoted my focus and I went and I did a master's because I know myself and I know how much I love school and I know how much I want to use my knowledge in certain fields and certain organizations and certain job positions that I need to get higher levels of education to be able to even be considered. 
But that's not the case for every position in life. That's not the case for every job in life. And so if you know yourself and you know that you don't really love school, then maybe after undergrad, you decide to not go to grad school because it's a lot of work. It's very time consuming. It's a lot of mental agony that you don't have to put yourself through if you don't actually enjoy it. I complain all the time about how much I hate school and that school sucks and it's one of the hardest things I've ever done, but deep down, I actually really fucking love it. I love being a PhD student. I love the hustle. I love the research. I love getting to learn new things. And even last week when I was in my comp exams, I was so fucking stressed out the whole time. I was really just mentally exhausted and I was stressed and I was struggling, but I love those moments. And I know that that sounds so fucking weird, but I love those moments of hustling. I love those moments when I'm done that crazy week and I look back and I'm like, I just fucking did that. I just wrote a killer paper. I am advocating for certain things. I'm talking about a topic that I love and I really, really love being a PhD student. Like I really fucking love it. And so if school's not something that you enjoy or what you're currently studying isn't something that you enjoy, that maybe grad school isn't for you. Or maybe grad school in a different field might be better because you have to actually really like it. You have to really want to be there because it's so fucking hard and it's so fucking grueling and it's so much fucking money that it's not worth it if you don't enjoy it. If you're on the fence about grad school and you're debating if it's right for you or not, take a minute and think to yourself, am I okay with going to school for two more years? That's how long it would generally take to get a master's. Am I okay with going to school for five more years to get a PhD? Am I okay with going to school for eight more years to go to med school and residency and all these other things? So really take the time to reflect on it because I can sit here and tell you that Getting a PhD is one of the hardest things in my entire life, but it's something that I fucking love. But not everyone is going to feel that way. Not everyone is going to love school as much as I do. Not everyone is going to want to put themselves through that. And so I can't really sit here and help you decide if going to grad school is going to be something that's good for you or not. You have to take that time to reflect Get to know what it is that you really want and make a decision from there. Of course, you can seek out advice from other people. You can seek out your mentors. You can seek out even this podcast and listen to me talk about it. But at the end of the day, you have to make a decision that's best for you. And so the best way to do that is by digging deep into yourself and figuring out what it is that you actually fucking want. This leads into the next question of what made you decide to go to grad school versus taking time off and working? And honestly, it's because I just knew myself and because I knew that I wanted to pursue school past an undergrad. I just knew it because of what I want as my career in life and kind of the level of education that I want to have. And so I just knew that taking time off and working wasn't going to fulfill me in the same way that going to school would. And of course, like I said, 
Everyone is so fucking different. Dean did his undergrad and started working and he is the happiest little bean ever. And for me, that just wasn't what I wanted. That just wasn't something that was going to make me super happy, especially because after undergrad, I felt super lost. I felt very lost in what I was going to do with my life. I mean, my program was meant to groom you. I don't know if groom's the right word, but was meant to prep you to go to med school. And so the amount of jobs I could get with the degree that I had from undergrad is very slim. Most of the people who were in my undergrad program, we had to go to grad school or some sort of schooling after to be able to actually get a fucking job. And so I just knew that that was kind of what was my plan and kind of my future. And so after I finished undergrad and I didn't get into med school, I basically was like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Because I don't actually have a degree that can get me a concrete job. And so I decided to get a master's. And from there, I actually found a field that I like so much more than anything else I was going to even attempt. And now here I am. Okay, next question is, how is your PhD structured and what is your typical day-to-day? So with that, every program is probably very different. So I'm just going to speak on mine. But the way that my program is structured is we have set core classes that we have to take. You have so many credits that you basically need in order to, one, get a master's and two, get your PhD. And so I had specific requirements on classes, but then I also had to do clinical rotations, which counted towards my credits, but it was to get us into the actual work field and see what was actually happening ethically within healthcare. And so all of our classes were structured lectures every week. We had tests that we had to take. We had papers we had to write. You got a final grade for every class and your grade within your master's program helped to determine if you were able to either continue on in the PhD program or if you got a master's from somewhere else. That GPA, again, helped to decide if you were able to apply and enter into the PhD program. So once you hit all of your credits that you need in order to pass the course portion of the program, you then enter into your thesis kind of dissertation credit period. And that's currently what I'm in. And basically, we had to take a comprehensive exam and it's a pass or fail. I don't know my results yet. So hopefully, fingers crossed, I passed. But once you're done the comprehensive exam, that's when you build out your proposal. And so your proposal is basically a overview of your entire dissertation, all the different chapters, and you have to defend it in front of the committee. And then once that is approved, then you move on to the full dissertation writing, you finish writing up your dissertation, and then you actually defend it in front of the committee. And again, you either pass or you fail, and you either become a doctor or you don't. 
every program at every different school or every different field is going to vary. Some programs have less coursework and more independent research. Some have no independent research and they only have coursework. Different schools have different layouts for their comprehensive exams. Mine was very research and writing heavy, whereas others are a lot of tests. And so every program is a little bit different in their structure, but that's just how mine works out. But I would also say, and kind of a tip of advice, is when you are applying to different graduate programs, look at one, if you're able to see the syllabus, but two, if they have kind of their academic calendar layout. And that way you're able to see how they structured the courses, what is required of you, if it's more clinical-based or research-based or academia-based, like what type of structure they have and see if that works with you. You can see how many credits each course is. You can see how many credits are required to get whatever degree you're wanting. And that way you're able to make a better decision when you're applying and find one that actually works really well for you in the way that you learn and your time that you have available and all of that. Going off that, one of the other questions that I got was how many classes would I recommend taking while still working around 60 hours a week? And I wish I could tell you, but I can't because each course is going to be different depending on your field and it's going to require different things from you. And so I would honestly just recommend looking at the courses and figuring out how much work is going to be required of you so that you're able to plan it efficiently. The thing about grad school is that a lot of people do grad school while they're working or a lot of people in your grad program might have kids and families and it's meant to be something that you of course have to put a ton of focus into and a ton of effort but it's not so much like undergrad where it's supposed to become your entire life and so when you're doing a master's for example they should be able to kind of help you navigate it a little bit better. You might take a little bit longer to finish your master's or you might decide on just doing a certificate or diploma program instead because it better aligns with what you have going on in your life. I will say that's a really good thing about a graduate program is because everyone is kind of in different walks of life and it's meant to be something to really tailor to what it is that you need in your individual timeline, it becomes a lot more doable and a lot more bearable. When you're an undergrad, you basically have four years to get all your coursework done, get everything done, and then to graduate. Whereas with a graduate program, you're not really in a concrete timeline. I'm hoping to finish my master's and my PhD in the same amount of time that it took my best friend to finish just his PhD. And that's just because I decided to really speed up the process. But you can take a 
much longer amount of time if needed. A lot of people in my program have families, have kids, and so they take one class per semester or two classes and they kind of prolong the journey a little bit to better suit what they need. Once you're done your coursework for your PhD, at least with my program, I'm pretty sure you have five years to actually defend your dissertation, which is a long amount of time. I mean, I am hoping to defend my dissertation roughly a year after my coursework was done. So if you are hoping to apply to a graduate program at some point and you have different circumstances, for example, you're working a lot, you have kids, you have some other responsibilities, make sure you look into the program and see if you're able to take longer, if you're able to change around classes, if you're able to do stuff like that to help you get through it. Because deciding to take on a grad program is very stressful and it's a lot of work and it's a lot of time, but you should have the ability to make it fit into your day-to-day so that you're able to still do it. This leads into the next question that I got, which is how did you decide where to go slash where to apply? And again, you want a program that is going to benefit you. Every person is very different. Every program is very different. Every school is very different. And so doing the research to find one that matches you is crucial. I knew that I wanted to kind of go into the field of bioethics and the biomedical sciences because that's just what I love. And I knew that that's what I loved. And so I really shot my shot with a whole bunch of different schools. I shot my shot with Columbia's master's program, with the one I'm at now, with Pitt, with all these different places. And one, you're going to get rejected from some of them and that's going to help you decide. But two, I honestly think you're just going to get a really strong feeling in the one that you know is going to be best for you. I got accepted into, I think, six master's programs, and I chose the school that I'm at because one, it continued on into a PhD in case that was something I wanted to do. Two, I really like that they had the clinical aspect and I really like that they actually put me in the hospital and I got to witness everything that I was learning about and I knew that this was something that they did because I looked at their curriculum and I looked at certain requirements that they had and that was one of them. I also chose it because I was able to go in person and I wanted to do a master's in person because I knew that that's the best way for me to learn. I also really just wanted to be a part of it and I wanted to get to know people in my program and I honestly kind of wanted to move. I was stuck in my hometown again and I didn't really love it and so I wanted an opportunity to pack up my life and move somewhere else and that's why I chose the school in Pittsburgh. But now looking back on it, it was the best decision. It's the best program for me. I learned so much and I'm still learning so much and I've gotten so many opportunities and I do not regret my decision for this school at all. If you're debating grad school and you want to know where you should be applying to, this is what I have to say. 
One, figure out what field you want to go into. If you want to go into psych, then I would Google the best schools for psych. If you want to go into anatomy, then I would Google the best schools of anatomy. I would also think to yourself, do you want to stay local? Do you want to stay in the country? Do you want to go abroad? Do you want to go somewhere so far away from home? Think about those things because that's going to impact where you apply to. And then I would go on those schools' websites and I would look up their mission statements. I would look up the curriculum. I would look up the credits that you need. I would look up the requirements that you need. I would look up all the really admission type of info and see what aligns with you, aligns with your GRE or your test scores, what aligns with your GPA, what aligns with what you want to learn. And I would go from there and then I would start applying. Then when it comes to decision day, I would literally look at everything again. I would think, do I really want to move away from home? Let's say you got into a school on the other side of the country and then you got into school in your hometown. Do you want to move away? If yes, then maybe that's a better option for you. If you want to stay close, then maybe that's a better option. There's so many different factors that go into making a decision when it comes to schooling. So make sure you're thinking about all of those when you make your decision. And I would honestly say try to block out any external influences because the worst thing you could do is making a decision based on other people and then maybe you don't love it and you have some sort of resentment. You want to do what's best for you in those moments. Of course, other people matter. Of course, other things matter. But think about what's going to make you the happiest. Okay, the last question I got is, how do you stay connected to community and to joy? And how do you balance everything when it comes to being a grad student? And the thing that I would say is, you have to remind yourself that at the end of the day, your schooling is not the most important part about you. And what I mean by this is I used to think that school was the end-all be-all and that I had to do everything in my power 24-7. All my focus, all my energy had to be on school. And as I've kind of gone through my program and I've gotten older, I've realized that I can still do really well at school without making it my entire life. There are so many other things that I should focus on, especially being 26. Like this is my time to fucking live. And yes, I love going to school. And yes, I love what I'm studying. And yes, I get some sort of confidence boost and self-esteem boost when I get published or I do well on a paper or I get recognized. But I had to remind myself that At the end of the day, there's so many other things that bring me joy and there's so many other things that are important to me. And so it's really crucial and it's imperative that I really focus on those and I make them a part of my day to day. Certain times out of the year, like last week, I only focused on school. I was buckling down. I was, my head was literally in my paper and I was writing my little heart out. And at times that's what's needed. But then that weekend I went to Montreal and I turned everything off for school and I just focused on having fun. 
And I think that one of the best ways that I balance everything is by recognizing that my priorities are going to change day to day, minute to minute, hour to hour based on what needs to get done. But at the end of the day, I always want to make sure that I am doing things that make me happy. And Again, school, super important. I love it. It's great, but it's not my entire personality. It's not my entire life. And so I have to make sure that I'm prioritizing other things that also make me happy. And that's one of the best ways for me to be able to balance everything. But that is my grad school episode. If you have more questions about grad school or you want to know more in depth about a certain part of it or anything like that, send me a message because of course I can make a part two of this episode. I just didn't want it to be super, super long. So let me know if you want to hear more. Let me know if you have any more specific questions because I would love to talk about this. I love sharing kind of school-related content and school-related episodes because I know that there's probably so many girlies who are just struggling to kind of figure out their path and I've been there and I get it and so any advice or any help that I can give, I want to give. But thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. If you love it, please leave a five-star review, five-star rating, come join the group chat, read the book, hit the book club up and I love you and I will catch you in the next one. Bye. Hey there, my name is Renee Rena, and I am the mom friend you have always wanted. I am also the host of the Mom Room Podcast. We publish two episodes per week, a co-hosted episode on Tuesdays and a solo episode on Thursdays. Popular topics include pooping and having sex after giving birth. I have a solo episode where I talk about not sharing a bed with my husband and why that's okay. I hope you'll tune in to these conversations every week. Join us on Instagram at the mom room podcast and start to feel a little less alone in this crazy thing called motherhood.